Howdy folks, this is HedgePod, a podcast about how our mass media reinforces the cultural hegemony of the ruling class. I'm Jack, and my preferred pronoun is they and them, but I'm okay with he and him as well. Uh, this is Nova, my pronouns are he, him. I'm Athena, I'm she, they. And uh, what we've been doing here is been watching uh, some sitcoms. We are leftists, so that means we have really uh, radical uh, ideology and views like uh, economic inequality is a bigger deal than WAP. So when we're watching this stuff and commenting, just keep in mind it's coming from a really radical uh, position like that. Uh, got a couple content warnings for you. Uh, homophobia, sexual themes, personal identity, crises, uh, incest, violence, necrophilia, I believe. Just be aware of that material before you continue in the episode. So I'm going to have uh, Athena go ahead and Introduce to us what we're going to be watching today. Okay. Well, today is an episode from Frasier, which is a spin-off show from Cheers. Uh, it falls, follows Dr. Frasier Crane as he does his popular radio show where he gives psychological advice to people. The crux of the show comes from the fact that he lives with his elderly father, Martin Crane, and his uh, physical therapist, Daphne Moon, who he has nothing in common with. Uh, and his brother, Niles Crane, pops in constantly. He might as well should... He might as well just should live in the apartment with them, honestly. But uh, the episode we're covering today is episode three of season four, The Impossible Dream. And I'm just going to actually just read the the excerpt that was given to me because I think it'll do a better job. Okay. So Frazier and Niles try their best to interpret Frazier's horrifying, recurring, erotic nightmare where he keeps waking up in bed of a cheap motel uh, next to the pompous food expert, Gil Chesterson. Chesterson. G- Gil Chesterton, jeez, that's a name, uh, who, yes, is indeed Fraser's male co-worker. So that is the horrifying erotic nightmare. Mm. Uh, okay. Also, this episode aired in 1996. So Okay. Alrighty. And with that, I'm going to hit play now. Alrighty. Pretty cool intro. They got the uh, Seattle skyline. So we've got a, we're panning over a bunch of clothes, it looks like. It's dark, dark scene. Like literally uh, uh, low light. If we got, this is Frasier. I don't watch this show, so I should be, be clear on that. Yeah, I've never Kelsey. seen it, actually. So Kelsey Grammer is, is Frasier uh, from Cheers. I remember him as a recurring character. Um, so he's kind of stirring and waking up now. I remember him from Sideshow Bob. <laughs> And beast. What is this? He's got a he's got a writing on his arm that says chesty. Is that what that yeah, says? Yeah, it says chesty. Okay, so he's he hears the shower. I guess in the next room, and then a man walks out and says, "Well, look who's up!" Raucous crowd laughter as Fraser awakens from the nightmare. Which, okay, and then the the. T- title card says why Gil why now and now he's in the radio uh, uh, he's giving advice to a kid who uh, is feeling that his parents are stupid uh, so he so he did the classic thing like you're a kid so you know everything joke is that what that was yeah, uh, he's basically saying it's like your your parents are going to seem stupid for another seven years. Yeah, right, right. 
the uh, the uh, classic uh, boomer gag of, hey, uh, you know everything while you're a teenager, so why don't you go out and get a job because you know it all sort of thing. <laughs> so he's got like a melodramatic breakdown that he's having now. Well, the the breakdown is because he hasn't had any interesting callers and no, oh. nothing to challenge his great intellect lately. <laughs> so I, I take it this is a recurring theme of the show, so he's like a super smart guy or... Uh, well, he thinks he's a smart guy. Um, the, the show actually, I feel, does a decent job of putting him like as the, the elitist down a lot. Like, look how silly and ridiculous this is. Uh-huh. But it still has a lot of its problems. This is my office. This is the okay. show I put on. I, I see. Oh, and Gil walked in. Yeah, and then she just said something about a slow intern, too. Oh, so yeah. this is an actual guy. This isn't a... Okay, yeah, so yeah, this is his co-worker. And so he's got, like, a posh British accent, and he's... Yeah. He's the food critic. I a little see. bit of queer coding there, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whether or not he's gay is a reoccurring joke in the show. Hmm. And I feel like there's I a lot of whether feelings. or not he is jokes like that. Yeah, I remember hearing about Niles, too. Mm. Niles is not gay, but they make fun of the fact that he is kind of stereotypical gay in a lot of aspects. Well, this was a huge deal. That's in same the same way with Fraser. This was a huge deal in the, in the 90s and early 2000s was just the whole, just constantly, like, you're, uh, ha-ha, you're, you're into dudes thing, you know, like, it happened in so many sitcoms. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, not that there's anything yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was that? The Seinfeld episode that we did? That, that was not, Seinfeld, not yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that, yeah. I know, and I know. It's weird to me, because like, a lot of the Frasier shows, I feel... Um, there's a lot of jokes that are problematic, but they don't try to, I feel like, make gay people the butt of the joke or that being gay is bad, which is why I feel like this episode's really weird. Hmm. Because it's sort of out of nowhere. Or... A little bit. I mean, not out of nowhere, but it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's possibly out of step, maybe. I'm trying really hard not to be biased. <laughs> no, I hear you. We did the, we've already done the Office episode, so, like, I... I totally get it. <laughs> okay, so now he's spilling the beans about the dream that he had to his... This is... This is assistant? Or... Oh yeah, Roz is also a reoccurring uh, character. So someone just walked through and said, Hi, dream boy, in the... Uh, <laughs> so... She... I guess the assistant told everyone, or told... Several yeah, people. Yeah, Roz already <laughs> told everybody. Uh, uh, right. So. Uh, this character's act, or the 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 actor who plays this character is actually gay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and the person who plays Niles too is gay. Okay, so this guy walks in with a gong, and and uh, Fraser just prompts and says like, "Hey, before you say anything, yeah, I had a dream about being gay." And oh wow, okay. Uh, I had a I had a dream about you greasing Gil's cookie sheet. He says. Uh, no, title. no. Uh, I want to hear about you greasing Gil's cookie sheet. What is that even? I'm, uh, because uh, he's the food critic. And uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. He's <laughs> that was Bulldog. He's the uh, the sports guy. Gotcha. Okay. So 
I miss the oh so so now he's doing the classic thing like a friend I know is having a dream, and he's talking to Niles, right? That's who that is. Yeah, that's Niles's brother. Okay. So he's like, it's not me. It was a friend of mine, and which is, you know. Thinking about it here, the problem that I have, and admittedly I'm not gay myself, but the problem that I have with you know homosexuality being used as a punchline in this and in Seinfeld is that, you know, it was at the time it was taken uh, as a sign of greater acceptance because you know, hey, we're you know we're not saying there's anything wrong with being gay, mm-hmm. you know, we're, mm-hmm. but we're we're laughing along with them, but. Yeah. You know, for for you know a, a gay kid in you know a small town, or you know someone in the military who's realizing that they're you know homosexual. And I had you know a few friends like that was the first place I ever met a person that I knew was gay in my life because I had a shoulder mm. childhood was when I was in the military. And mm. uh, you know, you have these people who are you know discovering this about themselves, but for everybody that they know. At that point, you know, the way you interact with homosexuality was laughing at it, you know, joking about it and mocking it. And, you know, that's not great for somebody who's, you know, insecure or is maybe, you know, having the old conservative elements telling them, you know, that they're a sinful piece of shit. And then on top of that, you know, their friends and social group, because this is what they see as normalized Mm. in shows like Frasier and Seinfeld, see it as a punchline and are, you know, making jokes about it. Right. Well. And it's important here, too, because uh, Fraser just said that, like, oh, well, I'm 43, so I can't be having any, like, like sexual urges mm. or, like, coming out or anything like that. That would have happened he, way earlier. Mm. And it's like, eh, unless you yeah. have ignored it your entire mm. life. Yeah. Yeah, people or, come to those kind of realizations about themselves all the time. Yeah, and we're lifelong learners, too. There's nothing I mean, wrong we, with that. Exactly. We've talked about this before, but... People, people grow and change their entire lives. This whole idea and this notion that we're just done growing once we become old, adults uh, is a little bit ridiculous, really. Yeah. And it's also very problematic. What? Oh, yeah. The, the, uh, we also talked about this a little bit during the Modern Family episode. You know, like they, they, they go uh, take it a little bit a step closer in the right direction about normalizing um you know, being a, being a marriage, like they had marriage component in it. Um, but there's still sort of a element of it. It's like, we're, we're laughing with you, you know, like for your, your antics and you know, it's, I don't know. It sort of almost has a, the reverse effect maybe, but I, it's again, I can't really speak to that because I, that, that type of experience. It's still not normalization. Because yeah. it's still different. It's different because it's a joke. It's not different because it's sinful. But that still is different, and it's still isolating. Mm. So now they're to the, get back to the show here. They've they were just kind of having a discussion about uh, the psychology behind what it means to have these recurring dreams and so on. And then the uh, the waitress walked up, and they you know. <laughs> they quick they quickly changed it to a joke that would have been culturally acceptable and he says so the rabbi says dot 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 mm. and it's like okay cool we're not talking about having dreams about being gay we're making fun of jewish people so all right so we've cut we're back to fraser's dream sequence and uh now he's dreaming and uh the shower opens and a big 
a busted woman steps out and he's all happy. And then he turns over and Gil's in the bed with him. And then he wakes up and the dog's in bed with him. And he's, you know, not taking a will. <laughs> oh, I actually think this joke is kind of funny. So they're in the elevator now. We've got... Uh, 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 this is Daphne and Martin. Okay. the This is the dad? Yeah, this is the dad and uh, his physical therapist. Okay. So they're... They're talking about getting plastic surgery... They're making it like some sort of conspiratorial <laughs> conversation between each other. While like a noir spy thriller. Yeah. yeah, I see. And the, there's a bystander in the front that's just like th completely thrown off by it. She quickly yeah. escapes the elevator. But they were doing it on purpose, like as a gag. Yeah. Good old-fashioned yeah. uh, fun. <laughs> so now we've got... A guy enters, an old, like an old man enters the elevator and closes it. The door closes. <laughs> How'd you get the stuff through customs? They never checked the wooden leg. <laughs> this guy's just like... <laughs> what did I just hear? Yeah, slack-faced. Cut to... Uh, yeah, these days I'd be afraid to do that joke because someone would call the FBI. Oh, yeah, right. no kidding, right? See something, yeah, say something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, yeah. So now they're, uh, they're back in. This is Fraser's apartment. Yeah, this is Fraser's apartment. They have like all the psychological books open, trying to figure out the meaning of the dream. Holy moly, this guy's well well off. Look at this apartment. Talk about sitcom apartments, man. This one takes the cake, does it not? Yeah, because he's also doing this with a uh, uh, radio show. <laughs> sure. So he's got his dad's here, and 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 Niles says, uh, "Hey, w let's tag Dad in on this and see what he has to say about it." And Fraser's reluctant, so he's describing it to his dad now. What's that? Oh, what is that? What does that sound? Oh, that that was a kitten chewing on the mic for my headset. All right, all right. Shadow. Shadow wanted to uh, get a couple thoughts in too. Yep. Oh, he's been so, just snuggled and purring the whole. Time. So, so Fraser tries to explain it to him, and he says, "I it's a it's a man." And then he, his dad shoots him a glare, and he's like, "It's a man eating lion," you know. So he's, he's trying to downplay and and conceal the fact that he's having a, having a dream about having a homosexual relationship with someone he works with. So, which, you know, the fact that this is used as such a big plot device is, sort of telling. You know, of kind of what's going on in the in the world at this time. Um, I, I, <laughs> okay, and that's enough. We've all had dreams like that. Means I also have issues that I have not worked through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're they're. Uh, I mean, I guess it's a good thing that they're discussing this like the the physical therapist is saying i've yeah i've had dreams about <laughs> okay so i've had dreams about other girls and they're in gym class and they're taking off their clothes and stuff and not and niles is like don't stop keep keep describing it to me so he's, he's got uh, a little fired up there so so th this is something that's interesting oh, i should mention that niles has a crush on daphne oh okay well 
the idea of this is a classic trope in sitcoms back in this time yep. period and still persists. Uh, girl on girl action mm-hmm. is like the the word that gets used, the phrase. It's a very insensitive term, but it gets used all the time. And it's like totally normalized for there to be a lesbian relationship, and it's something that can even be. But it's not even really a lesbian relationship, though. That's the yeah, weird yeah, thing. You're a, yeah, yeah, that's what I. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mischaracterize it for it just to be a sexual encounter, and it's totally fine for that to be something that is uh, arousement fodder for a straight male. But being a gay man and any type of thing like that is immediately viewed as being a problem or something to be scared of yeah that really reminds me being you know a young adult because i turned 18 in 2000 so i was in the military 2000 to 2007 i remember that was really you know a decade or so five to ten years down culturally downstream of all this and that Mm -hmm. was like you could see that mindset from these sitcoms reflected in just you know, the public attitudes at the time, that was when everyone was like, oh, yeah, you know, lesbians are hot. Two girls, mm. it's great. Yeah. Ew, two guys, that's gross. It, yeah, right. And I mean, it's obviously like a, a simplification of the whole thing, but that, but that's it. That's basically the gist of, that's been the gist of my experience and, and kind of what I've seen in the culture that I was brought up in and in, and in mass, mass media. I mean, I think that it's definitely... Uh, something that's worth analyzing at some point as to why that, that arose that way. Um, so now they're, he's, I missed the rating his father asking him if he ever called somebody Hesty cause he's trying his, to, his, their mom, their, ah. their mom, this is, this is like what the, the big thing I wanted to talk about. Okay. They, food criticism, mother, they go to because Gil's a food critic. I, I miss the Hesty part so, though. It, oh, the 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 chesty the yeah like the, 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 they're reaching the really far uh, mm-hmm. on, from the tattoo on the arm. Mm-hmm. So they come to the conclusion that it is a natural <laughs> edible dream right. with the edible complex, which if you don't know is the complex that every guy wants to kill their father and sleep with their yeah. mother. And he screams so in the hallway. So that is more comfortable to them than the idea that he may have some latent yeah like right. gay it, feelings or something the gag here which i kind of think was pretty funny uh fraser screaming to niles in the hallway and there's a bystander in the hall and he doesn't see her and he says uh i i don't want to sleep with my mother <laughs> you know and she kind of you know, turns around no he actually says like oh it's it's natural i just want to kill my dad and sleep oh, with my dead mother is that what it, yeah yeah, that's the joke. <laughs> well, that's that's actually funnier than what I said. So uh, that that's a uh... <laughs> you're you're right though. It, like it's why is that? Well, Freudian Freud helped normalize a lot of this stuff, and I I guess normalize isn't the word, but he helped put it into the academic lexicon that this was just taken as you know fact for decades. Right, um, but it's just so crazy that it's. Like you're going to go through all of these hoops instead mm. of like, and and it also should be noted too that Fraser's big deal that he harps on most of the the series is being true to yourself and being honest with mm. yourself. Mm. So he's going to jump through all of these hoops to connect this edible thing. Yeah, yeah. Which is more comforting to him than 
maybe you find this guy attractive. Right, right. Well, that just shows you just, you know, how how pervasive and pressurizing that sort of mentality was at this period in time. I mean, it, 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 it honestly, for a lot of people, has not changed that much to now. Um, well. I, I know a lot of people that would be very, very uh, uncomfortable with the idea that there's a possibility that they they might be gay and or might be bi or might be attracted to the same sex in any way that it's a there's an episode of the office about it they cover they go into that and there's a lot of characters that i mean there's one character in particular that's just like am i am i gay you know and it's just like a crisis to them and then you know coming to to learn who you are can be a crisis. I mean, I, I would say, argue that just discovering your true self is, is always a crisis in some way. But when it's coupled with the pressure of society telling you that it's not okay to be a certain way, that's when we get into problems. And that's when we end up doing what Fraser does here, trying to find any way out of this, no matter how grotesque or heinous it may be, uh, to avoid something that should be normal. And I, you know, it, it's a, uh, it's difficult to see people, you know, going through stuff like that. So back to the show, he's, um, he's in his robe talking to his dad. It's nighttime. Uh, he's, he can't sleep apparently. And his dad's telling him. Yeah, he, he unleashes himself of like this is what what it actually is, and his dad gets really uncomfortable because he's you know, um, well actually aren't they both boomers? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but his dad is an elderly ex cop, and he goes into this whole thing of like, oh, you guys like touch each other and stuff, and I know that's what you guys do now, but my generation it was different, and he's mm -hmm. just traditionalist. Um, yeah. Yeah. But now he's talking about how, uh, oh, is this what this is about? Like, because uh, he's talks about being bored, and the, his dad mentions like, oh, well, I didn't know you were bored with your work because look at all the books you have out and all the research mm, you're doing. And yeah. so now he thinks that the dream is because of uh, his him being bored at work. Hmm. So now we've got a we we reenter. We've got the dream sequence yet again. He's waking up. Uh, and it's well, we don't know yet if he's asleep yet or if he's in the if he's actually waking. But I think he's I think he's dreaming at this point. He looks around and nothing happens. Now there's a knock on the door. He looks over. Who is it? Funny look. Come in. It's just it's Freud. Freud comes to the door. Look at that. <laughs> I'm glad I mentioned Freud earlier. Now. Uh, you can see the future. Yeah. Uh, it, it is known that Fraser is a big Freudian, and he idolizes Freud, despite the fact that he's been proven wrong about a lot of his things. I was going to yeah. say, isn't like that's like I'm not even you know that into all that, but isn't hasn't a lot of that been debunked or disproved and shown to be outdated? Yeah. Or it, you know, it has. When I was it, in Ed Psych, was a very good first step. That's yeah. it. When I was in Ed Psych, Freud is essentially in college. I mean, I, Freud is basically a. I don't want to say footnote, but it's sort of a, all right, this is kind of what got people inspired to do the science. You know, he was more 
philosophical in its methods and uh but you know we're a lot of us are standing on his shoulders but we're not really going to talk about how we can apply <laughs> any of his theory so yeah we've got the dog you know who i just saw on the credits there uh who was uh the, the boy who was calling in was kieran colkin oh no kidding uh, macaulay colkin's brother who is really good on succession yeah, and he's he also plays the 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 uh, in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. He plays the gay the gay roommate. They actually call him that in the show or whatever. Like he's he's like, hey, it's my gay roommate. Uh, I can't remember the character's name, but uh, that's funny. That's actually that's a good catch. So yeah, we've we've played out the episode now. A lot a lot of stuff in there. A lot of stuff. I, I should mention like at the end. Like this is the part that's weird to me is because I don't know where they were going with this, but the very end is like. Um, well, I guess you could, uh, Freud, like, gets in the bed and, like, puts a cover over him and, like, holds his arms out waiting for Frasier. Hmm. Fully clothed, though, so. Sure. But I, I guess it's, like, maybe they were going with, like, hero worship or something, or hmm. I don't know. I don't know where they were going with that joke or what Freudian, Freudian ideology catches everyone eventually. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's funny, I, like, when I was in, I said all of that about Freud in the, in the ed psych classes, but. I, I also have worked with people who have believed wholeheartedly in Freudian concepts. And I've always kind of raised an eyebrow at it because it's a lot of it is, if you get into it and read it, it, it it's hard to explain without going into a whole thing about it. But, it, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's almost like its own belief system, really. Like, it's, a, it's, it's, I don't want to call it religious, but it's like, it's like, it's like a horoscope or something like that. People are like, yeah, that just means the inter dream interpretation and like, what does this object mean? Well, the child is holding it and this and that and the other thing. And I, I don't know. So it's kind of interesting to see them break down everything through Freudian terms. And then Freud actually, you know, come through in his dream. But that's it. The episode was kind of irresolute, wasn't it? Like he didn't really, mm -hmm. <laughs> he didn't really like learn anything or grow in any way that I could tell from that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Uh, I like that show. I mean, it's pretty good. Like, I know we're looking at problematic episode, but the format's good. And, uh, you know, there's some funny gags in it and stuff. So final thoughts. What do y'all think, uh, overall the message here or, or the, the hegemonic principles that we should be aware of? Um, it's apparently okay to want to kill your father and sleep with your dead mother as long as you're not gay. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, my issues earlier with you know the whole homosexuality as a joke thing and the larger the the impact that that has on the culture and on uh, you know especially like young homosexuals. Mm. Yeah, you know, not just I mean, not just not just even, you know, homosexuals exclusively, but, you know, all LGBT that's, you know, when you see it as a joke, that has an impact on people. I know I, I saw uh, a lot of trans people talking about that in uh, one of those documentaries uh, that I think Laverne Cox had put out mm. uh, recently, which is really good. Everybody should see it. What, what was that? What was that one? Uh, it was recommended to me as well. I need to watch it. I still haven't. It was. Uh, gosh, the one I'm, I watched was like Lindsay Ellis. Disclosure. Disclosure, yes. That one. Yeah, everybody uh, should see Disclosure, not a paid endorsement. Yeah, I, I'll definitely watch it. Because uh, it's anything that we can do to sort of help people understand the trans experience better at this point, I think, you know, is 
uh, a step forward. And I, I'd love to have Trans Voice on the show at some point too to kind of you know help guide my uh, worldview on the, this stuff and sort of kind of you know uh, assist with some of the things we're wa- looking at here. I, I'd love to hear some of the, the takes and um, some of those perspectives. So, uh, but I agree with everything y'all said. Like this is uh, anybody who's having a realization of you know identity or or who they are or discovering who they are and are in crisis absolutely be honest and be honest with yourself first and then be honest with the people around you like find your support system because this is going to help you to realize who is in your corner for one in your life and i think that it is going to move us forward as a society, by normalizing honest communication, even if it doesn't feel good or we can't totally explain it. I mean, look at Fraser in this situation. You know, this guy's a learned scholar. He's He knows psychology. And yet, he's still fighting with himself over something so simple as, you know, <laughs> having a dream about a homosexual relationship or a, a sexual encounter or something like, okay, you're maybe you're, maybe you're attracted to guys. Like there's no reason to have a massive breakdown about this. You know, it'll be okay. And, and you know, if that's who you are, then you need to, you need to understand that, you know, yourself. So, uh, and with that, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, been a fun one. Thanks for bringing this one, Athena. I really, really enjoyed it. If you are listening and have got any ideas for anything you want us to cover or take a look at or discuss, um, hit us up, hedgepod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter. Um, is that, Are we still at, at podcast at Jiminy or did that get changed? Or? No, it should be at H-E-G-E-P-O-D. Nice. Uh, I'll get on there and see if I can... Uh, you know, help share some stuff from my personal account and everything. But we are looking at it, and we're trying to get on a schedule of publishing every Friday. So those of you who are listening, thanks for the feedback. Really appreciate it, and looking forward to doing the next one. Bye.